Welcome back to the Game of Influence, everybody. Today, we have a very special episode, a really cool episode today, because if if you know me at all, if you've been following my journey for any length of time, let, let's just say that my style has been very unique, if you will. I, I haven't had a lot of style. I'm not a very, let's say, stylish person when it comes to maybe how I dress, how I look and things. I just kind of roll with the punches. And when I got married, that really started to change. My wife really went through and, and helped me with my style. But um, there was a, a guy by the name of Big Money Barber, right? That's his name, Big Money Barber. Cameron Linares is actually his name, but I call him Big Money Barber. And he's become kind of like my personal stylist, my personal barber. The only problem is he's in Florida and I'm in Denver, right? But he, before Funnel Hiking Live, he flew out, he cut my hair and made sure I look, you know, super awesome for FHL. He actually found my barber that I go to now, set it all up for me. I go to him for all, you know, style advice or whatnot. And he had me on his show. We did a podcast episode together. He interviewed me and we just talked about influence and money and style and perception and, and, and really, really how, how the way that you dress, how the way that you look and present yourself and, and uh, you know, whatnot affects how you're perceived, how people do business with you. And it was really, it was a really, really fun episode. And so I decided that I was going to air that episode on my, sh my show, right? So it, it's going to start off with him kind of interviewing me, but really it, it gets into a two-way conversation. We, we really just have a, a really cool free-flowing conversation together. So I'm going to, we're going to cut over to that now. Um, but I wanted to kind of just kind of pre-frame that. So if you've been, if you've been trying to increase your style or you want to know who cuts my hair, you want to know who gives me my style advice and who's helping my, my desperate self, because man, Goodness knows, I don't, I don't have much of it, and it's a work in progress. My wife, my wife loves this guy because he's been the one that's like kind of got, got me, uh, got me more stylish. Uh, it's a really, really good episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And um, it's funny, he actually uh, became a client of mine as well from the show. Um, and um, yeah, it's, uh, he's been really, really awesome. So um, I'm going to cut over to that now. Enjoy and uh, welcome to the Big Buddy Barber episode where Cameron Lanier, the Big Money Barber, interviews me, and uh, we talk style and money. Yo, 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 what's going on, guys? Big Money Barber Show. My name is Cameron Linares. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a special guest that I first, I didn't even meet him, but I first saw him at ClickFunnels Live 2022 when he walked on stage and gave a speech. And that speech changed the trajectory of basically my whole career. So we're just going to do this thing natural, no plan, just have a dope conversation with two dope people. So what's up, Josh? <laughs> what's up bro how are you dude i'm good man how you doing dude, i forgot that that's where you we first like you first saw me and we were i mean i don't think we you say we didn't meet there right no that was just the first time i was ever exposed to you yeah. all right that makes sense so like what was it uh like like what did you think of the dude, i had so many people coming up after my words it was like it took me four hours to get back to my room i have four hours and like 10 minutes i think i'd like my wife was like after two hours my wife was like i gotta go and she's like, yeah. Left, right? yeah. I was like, I'm a celebrity. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. Um, but like, what, how was, how was the speech? How was like, yeah. Oh dude, speech was good. Like, I think the number one, I mean, the content was great too, but the thing that really like caught my attention was your energy. Like there was a lot of people who speak. There's a lot of people who speak at funnel hacking live. And I felt like you just brought an energy that like not very many people brought. And I'm all about like, I love the hype shit. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's go. So you just yeah, like had yeah, me yeah, yeah. hyped up. I'm like, time to take over the world. Let's go. Josh is yeah. about it. Dude, I feel like that's, especially in, in the content game and content, not just being like, like video post, but like message, like presentation style, right? Like me, being on stage would be, you know, content. But I feel like presentation is in today's day and age, like it is what sets people apart, right? Because like, I feel like we live in this age of where you have to create content, right? Like to exist in business, basically, you have to create content. And so the yeah. negative side of that is like, everybody is doing it. So that means it's like, it's really hard to like, be different. Because like you, I mean, you know, there's very few people in this world that like actually have something that's unique and different, right? That's not a bad thing, it just is, right? Yeah, like Sam cool. Ovens is like, a super nerd and like he had something that's like kind of like you truly like unique or like different right like most people there's they're not like what they're selling or what they're presenting on it's not that unique of a topic it's just their take on the topic and so like that's where presentation i feel like just 
you got to find your way to present in a way that is just different. That's where you can be unique. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I feel like the longer I'm that I've been in this game and the higher level people I meet and like the high level operators, they're all about like modeling people who've done it before them and have done it better. They're like, it's yeah. not copying them. It's modeling. And so like yeah. model. And I used to feel like really guilty about it and feel bad about it. And it's like, I'm just copying what someone else is doing, but it's like, I mean, it's really hard. Like you said, to come up with something that's fresh, brand new, completely yeah. different because the yeah. people who have like, who are really winning at business and life, like they've already figured everything out. They've tried everything yeah. or the people who blaze the trail before them tried it. So why make the same yeah. mistake? Yeah. And yeah, like, man. I don't even think everybody, like I, th I think there's, I think there's a section of people that are like called or like talented in a way that is like, like that is what they're good at is finding new unique things and yeah, the trailblazers. Right. And like, that's a special type of person, but for most people, that's not the case. And like, that's not a bad, like, that's not a bad thing. That is just reality. Right. And like, most people are called to do something else. And so you just go and like, it's better to try or to not to try new things and just to go and find out what, what is working and model it, but then bring your own unique style to the game. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what makes it unique. It, what's, it's what makes it different. And like, I have found that the people like Brunson, right. Obviously Brunson's played a huge impact or, you know, had a huge role in my life. Right. And, yeah. but like Russell loves it when you copy it because then like he knows you're copying him and he's like, cool. Number one, he it's working. It. Right. Yeah. Number one, it's yeah. working. Right. But number two, then he's like, that means I'm the goat. Right. And what is interesting though is that the people at that level, one of two things happens either A, they figure it out one time and they're like, oh, I figured it out one time. Nobody copy me because I don't want people are going to copy you regardless. Right. And then they're no longer the best. Somebody else does it better. And now they're no longer there and they get, cause they stopped innovating. Right. Or yeah. like Russell, he's like, I'm the best at this copy everything I'm doing. And the more people copy, the more he's getting better because he's getting more and more feedback and like whatever. Right. Like there's nobody, nobody that pitches from stage better than Brunson, like best in the world. Right. Like yeah. he made yeah, $3.2 million from stage in 90 minutes. What? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's so yeah, wild. Yeah, those are some big numbers. That's big numbers. Like, that's insane amounts of money. $3.2 million, right? Yeah. But it's like, he started at like, you know, 10,000 and then like 100 and then like people would copy and then he'd like do and they go up and up and up and up and up. And so he just keeps getting better. So they like, keep copying me. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. I'm glad the energy was. I try to make it high. I'm an, I'm an energy person for sure. Uh, I try to keep it really, really high in that room. I felt like the person, well, I won't talk crap about anybody, but like, I felt like yeah. other people in the, in there, like, they're just so boring, man. Some people are just so boring. Dude, as a spectator who watched almost everybody speak, I can agree with that. Like, and your content just landed with me, like your origin story, like how you grew up, like kind of similar, um, upbringing without like the religious aspect because my parents yeah, yeah. They're, they're not religious at all but it was just like one of those stories it was like your underdog story kind of that i could relate to that was like yeah if this dude can do it like he's inspiring me to go yeah do it. yeah so yeah it's crazy too and I, it's interesting like i know you work with a lot of barbers and stuff which by the way i don't know if you we're posting this on video or where you're watching this right but like guys my hair game starting to look good mr cameron over here bro you big money barber here is helping me out Cause it was, it was, a, it was pretty bad, huh? It was, it was, it was, uh, it was rough, a little it, rough. It, it was a yeah. little rough. You can be mean, bro. It was so but funny. In your defense, like last week or the week before when I was looking for a barber for you. So I got on Google and was helping Josh find a barber out in Colorado. Cause I'm all the way in Florida and dude, it is, it's dry out there. Like, I was shocked at how difficult it was for me to find like a good barber or a decent barber. Cause I felt like I would hop on here. I'd find like a good shop real quick, find the guy and it'd be like five, 10 minutes, like 20, 30 minutes into my search. And like with the parameters you gave me, I was like, all right, Josh just might be screwed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, might but be that's screwed. why I ended up at like Floyd's bro. Cause yeah, I, was like, I was like, what's the round here? I don't even know. Right. Well, dude, and there's like three Floyds within driving distance of your house. Right. I live 
three minutes from one, right? It's next door yeah. to where like my wife and I get groceries from, right? So like, yeah. it was just like, okay, cool. That's what we're doing. But I don't know hair. And like, I don't know style. That's not, it's so funny. My my wife always jokes. Like when my, like, so my wife is much more like, um, well, stylish. Like, like she style dances. conscious. Yeah, much, yeah. much more, right? Everything, especially for like herself, like everything, Matt, like there's a reason for everything she does. It makes no sense. Like down to like, what like mug color she's going to bring like with her outfit and whether there's like a straw or not in it to match and this color to the shoes. And it's like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. And so like when we met it, like I was, dude, I, it was so bad. It was so bad. Like I was wearing like, like bright blue shirts with like golden sunglasses and a green necklace and like white pants and flip. Like it was just so bad, but like, whatever it was working for me right it kind of was like i was this young obnoxious kid on the internet and it worked Dude, you stood so, out yeah stood for out, sure for yeah. sure i'm very glad i had no idea how much people were making fun of me it was great <laughs> right but i don't know so, i think that you kind of seem like the person who wouldn't have cared even if they were that's true that's true You're well like, i would have hey, i would have turned it back on that out, my, yeah right i would have been yeah. like because it. i didn't value it i didn't understand why it mattered right mm -hmm. now I, I value it much more now but like my gift is not style, right? I can't draw. I, I don't know how to match. Like that's not my gift. My gift is words. That's my art, right? Yeah. Like I know how to talk and present and like, like I just love studying psychology, right? This is why like you and I are friends because when you're like, I'm not a barber, but I'm big money barber. I'm like, yes, yes, yeah, right. right? Like I'm like this, by the way, if anyone's listening here and A, if you need like good hair advice or whatever, like go follow him. Um, but also if you are barber listening and you want to make money, like listen to Cameron, he's like legit and he's super dope. Yeah. So I like him. Right. You're ready and to so, boss up. Hit me up. That's right. Boss dude, like actually boss up. Like the guy knows yeah. his stuff, but so this is why we related. And cause I was like, okay, cool. Like you get it. I trust your opinion. And it's so annoying because like, I trust my wife's opinion too. I do. I love my wife. Right. But my wife it did not present it. Not that my like did anything wrong. I trust her. Like this is not to bash her in any way. She's amazing at at it, right? Mm -hmm. But like, my wife couldn't com really communicate to me why my style mattered, right? Uh, in relation to my brand, like she tried, and she was just like, "Well, like people think of you a certain way, or this or whatever." And I'm like, "Do you so see what I've built so far?" Right. Yeah. Did you just take it as a more of um? She's telling me because she finds me more attractive versus it'll actually benefit my business. Like it was no, more of a, actually a personal... no. Because I even yeah. think if she would have taken that angle more, um, of like like that she would find me more attractive, like mm. that maybe I would have like paid more attention to it. I'm sure. I mean, kind of like mentioned, but it was like, I'm my wife is not in my world, right? And she's yeah. a little bit more involved now, but like, as far as like my business is concerned, like she's not really in this, that world. Right. And so like, she doesn't even get like the fact that like Russell Brunson walks around in bare feet and like, you know, like, and she, like that's, she's like, Oh my gosh. Like, but so that was, but that Brunson was my, you know, effect. But then you come along and my, by the way, my wife loves you. She's like, yo, keep hanging out with him. Your style's improving. Like, She's all like, Ooh. she's pumped, right? Yeah, so she's very much well, on board with this. I'm glad right? I can have some influence on you as well. Yeah, yeah, there we go, right? But when you, when you sent like the video or wherever it was um, and you were like, hey, you're gonna go be creating all this content or whatever. And I, I, I had gotten my hair cut really well for Funnel Hacking Live when I spoke on there, right? It was like very short, it was slick back. It wasn't probably not as good as it was it is now. But like, I actually listened to my wife then because I was like, okay, cool. Like this is something where I don't want to mess it up. And so I'm going to err on the side of being like more professional. Cause I'm not exactly sure I want, how I want to brand myself. Cause like, dude, I literally would have walked out there. I'm not kidding. I would have walked out there in flip-flops, white jeans, a, a black t-shirt, a backwards hat. Like that, I, that's actually how I would have walked out on stage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my wife was like, you cannot. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a big time enough on stage. Like, there well, no, I've spoken on stage live. before. Right. Well, for, first time at Funnel Hacking Live. At Funnel right? Hacking Live. Right. Yeah, so, and so yeah. I'm like, I didn't really know, like I'd been building my frameworks kind of in secret for a while and I didn't, wasn't quite as loud, right. On social. So I didn't really know where I wanted my, like my look, my own look to go. Right. And yeah. so I was like, I'll err on the side of being conservative. So that was like, I had that, 
But like when you came along and you're like, hey, dude, like you're going to come back to content game, whatever. And then I think you said something like your hair is like the crown of your head. Now, keep in mind, like, your hair is your crown. Uh, yeah. But up until that yeah. point, up until like really even like Final Hacking Live, it wasn't. It's always been a hat. Mm -hmm. I've worn a hat. Like I grew up on a farm, bro. It's always been a hat. Now I'm surprised when I see you in a hat. I'm like, hey, right. You're a hat. Like, yeah, you never no, dude. Hats. Dude, dude, it was uh in on the farm. It was like duck bill, bill oh, okay. duck no duck bill on the front, like like every like this. And then I got out of the farm. I got in the social media game or whatever, and I got my first USA. It was a it's a flat bill hat, right? And it said USA on it. My favorite hat I've ever owned. It was so much fun. I I don't remember what what happened to it. I left it. We left it somewhere. It was like at an airport or like something. And I was just like devastated. Like my wife tr tried to find it again, ah. couldn't right. But that was my first flat bill. So then I got into flat bills. Cause I was like, cool. I wear backwards flat bills. That was always it. Backwards flat bill hat. Right. Dude, that was the uh, style too, though. That was like the thing. Yeah. But mine didn't match, dude. Mine were just random. I was <laughs> like, that one looks good. That was good. Let's throw it on. Right. But then when yeah. you like, now that I'm like a little bit more, I actually like looking like I like a fresh haircut. Like I actually like, okay, cool. I wear, I've started to wear suits, which is never a thing, but I've like found some blazers that I actually really like, like that my blue one, I really like it. Right. That maroon one's sharp too. That I maroon. Like I love that one too. Yeah. Right. I like the blue yeah. one just a little bit better um for branding and stuff but i love the maroon one when i'm like if i'm going to speak on stage i want to pop right i want to like yeah. level up so when you when you were like yo it's like the crown of your head you got to get it right and there's a way to actually do that like i'm like bro you don't understand how dumb i am when it comes to like <laughs> style in my hair like you yeah. don't understand and then you sent me the video and i was like oh, i could do this yeah that got me that got me hooked dude that's right it got me hooked dude. and it's like it showed it really did show how like knowledgeable you were about your craft, right? Um, mm -hmm. cause you could like even just from cam like from a camera distance, right? Like over like over the camera, you could like spot how my hair had laid and like how fine it was and like what like what it just by like looking at it. And that yeah. was very impressive, right? For someone that is like you're that good at hairstyling and also here's why I trust you, right? And you like money and you like the business side of it and you like play that. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll listen to you. Right. Yeah. And I feel like yeah, that's it was like something I noticed like right away. Like, cause it's, I always notice people's hair. It's just like my thing, obviously. But, um, our relationship wasn't to a point where I was like comfortable just telling you like your hair was jacked up. Like, yeah. ah, man, it's cause some people get, some people can get really offended by that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if your barber was like your friend, you know, or yeah, definitely not. but, um, I do have a question for you. So kind of going back a little bit, do you feel like since you've stepped up your style game and your appearance game, do you feel like that directly correlates with making more money, like look good, feel good, do better? I think it directly correlates. So short answer is yes. Um, the answer I would say to it directly correlated to the level of clientele that I worked with Got because it. I could still wear what I wore before and I could still get clients because for me, like I've just studied persuasion and influence and said like, that's my game. And it clearly yeah. worked for me. And that what like Brett, my, one of my best friends, Brad, um, super successful, you know, like owns three companies and all this, whatever. When I asked him like, what's my best quality? And he's like, dude, you have a delusional, delusional amount of self-confidence almost to the point of it being unearned. Right. So like, I like, can, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, yeah, you're dang right. I do. Right. Like, I was like, like he, he was meaning it as a compliment, but he was like afraid it was going to be an insult. I'm like, yes, no, that's what I want people to think. Like I almost like people like how, like, how do you have so much self-confidence, even though you haven't done anything? I mean, I have, right. But like, you know what you I'm have, saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm like, yeah. like, dude, like I feel I'm very, very confident in who I am and I've been attacked for it. Like people will tell me that I'm covering up for insecurities and that I'm like all this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. You used to be right. But then I paid a mindset coach like a hundred grand and worked like $100,000, right? And I worked with her for a year and a half. And like, I worked through all my crap, right? Like I worked through it and I was like, I got down to the core of my insecurities and what drove them and like all, why I was so all this. And so now, now this is why like on Funnel Hacking Live, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, right? Like before I was arrogant. I was arrogant because I wanted people to think I was cool because I was covering up for insecurities from, you know, past trauma. But now yeah, I'm like, no, 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 there's, there's not arrogance. Right. I know, I know that I'm dumb in a lot of areas. Right. But also I'm like, I also am insanely confident in myself. And I believe the more confident you are directly impacts your ability to make decisions on things and directly impacts how smart you are. Right. 
So like, because I'm so confident in my ability to figure things out, I can figure things out. But if I wasn't confident, I could figure things out. I couldn't figure things out. So I'm just like, why and not you, just be confident all the time? You, you probably just wouldn't execute. Like if you didn't believe in yourself, you wouldn't right. pull the trigger on it. I wouldn't yeah. take risks. I wouldn't like yeah. shoot my shot, right? I was talking yeah. to, actually, you know, like uh, one of the other guys in in the program, uh, Ryan, right? And I, and I was talking with him uh, and I was like, I looked at how much money I made last year, right? And then yeah. I like correlated it down to what, like how many days did I really make money? And it was like out of the whole year, and this is like the, the industry that I'm in. So every industry is a little bit, you know, like has different mm -hmm. things. Like the whole year, I made like 80% of my money on like eight days. Like imagine if I would have had a few bad days during those times where I wasn't confident. I wasn't sure a, shot. A big impact. Yeah. yeah. So going impact. back to your question, as far as like dressing nice, dude, or like playing the part or like this, absolutely because now people that... I mean, Brad's a perfect example of this, right? Brad at least gave me a shot. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. Got something on my lip. Um, Brad, so when I dressed that way and I had the golden sunglasses, the backwards hat and the green thing, whatever, right? I would be on, I was on Facebook Live all the time, right? So Brad saw me in the Denver airport. We were both going to the same place. We had never met before, right? And when we got to the place, we were, right, right? So he, but he yeah. knew who I was because I was this obnoxious kid on the internet, right? And then, we get to the place, we go to the speaker dinner and it's so funny because I just end up in these rooms. I wasn't actually a speaker, but everybody else was. And I'm just, you know, delusional. You're likable. It's You're amazing likable. how fat, right? It's amazing how far yeah. it'll take you, right? Yeah. But he requested to sit next to me and this is his own words, right? So that he could write me off forever and he <laughs> could, so that he could confirm his suspicions that I was completely full of crap, right? And then he never had to talk to me ever again. This was his reason, right? Yeah. So we sit down ne next to each other and we talked for four and a half hours. Everybody else left. It was just him and I left in the restaurant. They actually ended up kicking us out of the restaurant. It was Ruth Chris Steakhouse, right? Because they were closing. And we like for four and a half hours. And he was like, dude, you like are like, whoa, like this is awesome. And we have now. You're legit. Oh, right. You're legit. Yeah. He's so smart, right? I was like, whoa, this is mind blown. But the reason that he had that perception of me was directly correlated to, your to how I presented myself for sure, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so now, like, thankfully he gave me a chance. But when I think back, I go, mm, how many people didn't give me a chance? Mm -hmm. Right. How many people did? So you'll now never know. you'll never, right, know. never know. Now, thankfully, yeah. like, once again, I'm confident enough. I'm like, all right, whatever. Live and learn. Here we go. Let's keep rocking. Right. Yeah. But now I'm very aware of perception. I'm very aware of like branding and like this or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you, I think you told me it. It was like, I always want to be the best dressed person in the room. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm, that's not, like I'm not at that level yet because I'm like, I don't even know how to be the best dressed person in the room yet. But I always want to err on being like one level more dressed up than I need to be. Right. Yeah. Because then yeah. everybody else, when they're looking at me, they're going to be like, Oh, okay. All right. And my hair yeah, is a big part of that. Yeah. Good. Being the best dressed, sorry to interrupt, but being no, no. the best dressed person in the room isn't always beneficial because sometimes I feel like people will look at me like, dude, what a douche. Like ah. he really, he really had to pull up like that. Like, and I'm like, man, I just like to look good. But for because, you, I think it works though, because you, because of your industry, I get away with it a little more because I'm in the industry, but I think that it sometimes, and I'm not saying this to be cocky, yeah. but it's true that I will accidentally present myself in an intimidating way because I will overdress to a point to where it makes people feel uncomfortable and yep. underdressed. Yeah. So it's also kind of like a power move. So like, Kind of Did you see Jordan Peterson go on Joe Rogan? What was that? Did you see Jordan Peterson go on Joe Rogan this last time oh, he went on dude. Joe Rogan? Yeah. Bro, he showed up in like a three-piece tux. Yeah, dude. Was that the one where he had the heaven and hell tux on? No, this was the oh, one. Oh, no, the first time he went on. He was like black and white, like he was going to the Well, ball. no, it, I mean, he's been on multiple times, but like one of his yeah. most recent ones, maybe he's come on before that. I, I know he had the heaven and hell on one, but one of them, he showed up, it was all black. It was, you know, like suit, and, like, or I mean, like a black tie okay. event, like three-piece tux, bow tie, like all. I remember, like, yeah, looking super sharp. Right, But then like Joe Rogan's there in like a t-shirt, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it, it, I don't know. It almost felt too much, right? Like for that setting and environment. In that, in that setting, I probably wouldn't have done that because dressing better than a t-shirt, you don't have to wear a three-piece suit maybe you know just something right. a little little nicer in a t-shirt button up you would have been the best dressed guy on that yeah or even just a jack in a blazer right but 
like when we were discussing frames, like, are you really going to go on a Joe Rogan's podcast and try to outdo him in anything? Like, right. I mean, he's, he's the go to podcast. So, right. But he yeah. was trying that's, that's actually a great point. Right. With yeah. the whole, like the whole framing thing, because like, it was like a power frame when, right. Maybe, but, maybe but his power frame, but, but Peterson's power frame was, is intellectual, not with dress. hundred yeah, percent. Right. Yeah. So he beats Joe in the power frame intellectually for sure. For sure. For sure. But he tried to like, I don't know. And like Jordan Peterson all dresses well anyway, but it yeah. was like, he, oh, like he dressed better than he himself normally dresses. And it was like, yeah, yeah. It was like abnormally clean. Like right. Abnormally for him dressed. even. Yeah. yeah. So I do th- no, I do dressing, dressing the part, uh, having my hair in style. There's a confidence booster thing. It also, you know, the, the more it's funny, the more successful I get, whatever that means. Right. But the more reach I have or the more influence I have around, you know, people or get around higher level people like, you know, when I had nothing, I thought the more the like higher I get, the more confidence right, that I would have. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm doing stuff now. But then you get yeah. around people and you're like, well, I'm really small, right? And then you like trade up and you're like, well, I'm actually tiny. And then you go to the next level and you're like, what is, who am I, right? So in those settings, I have found that it is best to not sacrifice who you are at all, right? I'm very, very much myself at every level, right? But to take away as many possible things that could potentially cause downside for someone to beat up 100%. on or not, not take you seriously, right? Yeah. And so like you show up to a meeting in a backwards hat and flip-flops if you are jordan peterson level smart or you are zuckerberg level genius or brad gibb level you know like smart when it comes to like money can you get away with that yes because you 100 percent can make up for it for sure if if that's the topic of conversation right yes but like i i'm not i'm not overwhelmingly smart right like mm-hmm. I've, I've studied things. I, I know psychology very, very well, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't born with any special talents. I didn't come from money. Right. Like, so like now if I show up like that, I'm already at a disadvantage. I have to earn, like I have to earn the respect back where if I just take away anything yeah. to where, when I show up just by someone looking at me, right. They go, Oh, I do not have a negative view of that person. Right. It airs on the side of positive. Now I'm at, now I'm ahead. And I think yeah. that's what it did for me. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like we, when we hire new barbers, it's something we teach them and it's really cool because I can watch their progression throughout like brand new barber to being like one of the highest part paid barbers in our region and teaching them how to dress. I shouldn't say teaching them how to dress, but influencing them in a manner that gets them to care about their appearance more is a game changer. Like for example, one of our barbers, Brian, he used to come to work and I used to like be this close to sending him home. Like, dude, what are you wearing? He would come in like cargo shorts, like these white beat up Nikes and like this super old t-shirt that said mullet toss on the back. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? So like I would have one-on-one meetings and I would explain to him this exact thing that, you know, unfortunately, I really hate the term, like don't judge a book by its cover because everybody judges a book by its cover. Like, sorry now, on the I, side note, you get to control what that cover looks like. But anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like control the cover. You control their first, their perception of you, their immediate perception of you. So yep. watching him now when I go in there, I'm like, dang, dude, he's got like a gold chain, super nice button up, dress shoes on, like his Ray-Bans. Yep. And yep. his prices have tripled the level of client he's getting. Now he's getting like business owners in his chair and people who are like really high earners. So his tip money goes up. Everything is improved for him without his technical ability needing to prove, improve, but he just improved much, yeah. his presentation. Yeah. So it's pretty, so like, it's pretty cool. How do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you take, how do you take someone from just like an average barber to like one of the highest paid? Cause I've like, I know you are right. And I've seen yeah. like you do it with other people. Right. So like, what's your process for doing that? Because obviously, I mean, there's influence involved in that, but I'm sure there's like a systematic way of like that you're actually going through and doing that. Yeah, it's actually, it's all just systems, really. And oh, really? barbers want to overcomplicate it and think that like it all comes down to your technical. Oh. Okay, you're good. Sorry. No, you're good. We'll both take a drink right there. Sorry, continue. Yeah. I didn't mean to this. No, I was getting up. low-key caught in mouth. Yeah. But, um... Barbers want to overcomplicate it and think that it's all about 
your technical ability when really it's not because we'll take someone like two years out of school when they're not even technically like a great barber and have them outpricing everyone in our area. And it's all because it really comes down to formulas and just basic math equations and knowing when to implement a price increase based off your retention level and your booking rates. Like it has nothing to do with how good you are at cutting hair. If you're booked 95% of the time, if you're booked 95% of the time every single day and I raise your prices, you drop down to like 90%, 85% booking, you still don't lose any money because the increase in prices closes the gap. But now as you rebuild your booking percentage, you're making more. So you're kind of just like leveling And the up. higher prices don't drive people away? They do. So like if your booking percentage but is 95%. Not like obviously it sounds like they keep coming back though, right? Or like other so people. Like, like a really high percentage of people will come back and especially like we teach you how much to raise your prices by and like, because like you can't go and just be like, Hey, double my prices. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you're going to suffer like a pretty catastrophic clientele drop. Yeah. But if we do smaller, more smaller price increases regularly and you keep your level of booking. So like when you're 90, 95% booked, it's really hard to get in with you. Like your people know, like if I miss mm -hmm. my appointment, I probably can't get a haircut for three weeks. So it's just, it's supply and demand. I can only supply this many haircuts, but my demand is here. So I raise my prices, demand decreases a little bit. My supply remains the same. And we just rebuild increasing that demand again. And you just do this over and over and over and over again. And nobody ever does this. Like nobody teaches this stuff. because and that's Nobody I mean. teaches this. Nobody does this. And we've discovered this over the last five years by basically just doing it on ourselves because I knew that like in order to build my businesses and scale businesses, I can't be behind the chair for 40 hours. So how do I double, triple my income and decrease my time behind the chair at the same time simultaneously? Got it. So we started implementing these, these structures and systems and formulas. And it's really funny because our barbers, like even now barbers who've been doing this for three years, they understand and they're still fearful. Be like, Hey, you're going to $55 haircut oh man, like my clients are going to like, what if they leave? I'm like, have they left you yet? No. And I'm like, then what are you worried about? They're not going to leave you. And if 5% leave you, you're not going to lose any money because your price increase closed that gap. So now you rebuild that 5% and, and you make a more time. Now you're making more money. So Dude, it's, it's, so it's actually really simple. It's really, it's not easy, but it's simple. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. Cause like as someone who, um, uh, you know, I'd make a fair amount of money. Right. And, um, when I go to buy things, like I rarely buy the cheap things for the things I care about. Right. Yeah. So like clothes for me, I don't really care about clothes. Right. So I'm like, mm -hmm. whatever, I just buy whatever. But like, whenever I go shopping with my wife for like anything that's branded, if there's like a hundred dollar option or a $150 option, and I'm like, well, what's the difference? And she's like, well, like the quality of the clothing or like the, like whatever. I'm like, okay, I want the more expensive one because I'm like, it'll last longer to look better, right? And so with haircuts, like growing up on a farm, dude, it was whatever cheap is, $6.99, $7.99, right? Like the yeah. great clips, right? But now, dude, like if I go to somebody, I remember when I was actually looking around out here for the first time and people, I was like, how much is it for a haircut? And they're like 20 bucks. I'm like, hey, I don't know if I want 20 person, right? 20 bucks, yeah. that's not even, like, how are you even making money on that, right? And yeah. so now when someone's like $50 for a haircut, right? I think mine, I don't even know what I paid for it first. You found me, right? I took your, I took your advice, by the way. Tip, um, tipping tip her 20 bucks, right? Nice. She was yeah, quite yeah. stoked. Yeah, it was yeah. great, right? But people that have money, they want to pay higher prices because the status thing of it is I'm like, okay, well then, not in a condescending way, but then I'm like, okay, but then like, I know broke people are not, getting this like i know these this person isn't catering to people that are broke like they actually are taking their time like i want to pay people well right and if i can pay people really well then i expect them to do a good job right and it's not that like the haircut's any different right i'm sure that the, the girl that cut my hair didn't do anything that inherently different than anyone else but i'm like but i'm paying her enough to where i know she can actually take the time to do it right? Yeah. Where she can actually go and do a good job with it. And so for anyone, this is why I love, like, I loved how your, how your brain works when you're explaining this to me, right? Because I'm like, 
for anyone that's not making enough money with hair right now, first off, freaking listen to Cameron. What are you doing? Like, Joe, just do what he says. I promise you, you'll make more money. But yeah. the in, it's interesting because you're influencing your barbers. Well, well, your barbers are influencing their clients' perception of the actual haircut and service itself. Yeah. Right? And by even changing nothing about the actual haircut, the perception of it goes up, right? Yeah. Because you're charging more money for it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so for someone with money, they want that. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. And it was one of those things that like, we kind of just discovered unintentionally, or I discovered unintentionally because it just started working so well for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's something here. Yeah. And then we started really diving into it. And then, I, and it was really interesting too, is um, as my prices got really high, I thought that I was going to get less people wanting me to mm. cut their hair, but it was the opposite. Instead, I was getting just as many people wanting me to cut their hair, just higher level people. Yep. I bet so you have more like, people wanting you to cut your hair though. I had, yeah, I had a, yeah. Like a lot of people wanted me to cut their hair. My supply was low. Demand was high, but the level of people that wanted me to cut their hair. And another interesting thing was, is the higher level the person was, and by level, I mean like the more money they made, the more yeah. influence they had, yep. business owners, whatever they were, the easier their haircuts were too. Like the they probably get the same thing every were. time. Yeah. They get the same thing, just like simple gentleman's cut, like a 15 minute haircut. And I'm charging top dollar. So the haircuts got easier. The tips got better more money was coming in the level of people I was having conversations with. And that's another huge thing that like a lot of barbers don't understand is as you're doing this, you're having these higher level people come in who you get to talk to for 45 minutes while you cut their hair and they pay you. So you get to have conversations with people who are much smarter than you, who make way more money and they're paying you to do it. So every time they come in, I would be leveraging that situation. Like, okay, you have made, a ton of money in real estate. Like, let's talk about what you do. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. What's so, the most amount of money you've ever charged for a haircut? Most amount of money I've ever charged for a, a haircut? Like, just one haircut? Just a, yeah, a one off thing. Like 300 bucks. 300 bucks. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's amazing. Like, $300 for a haircut. That's like, yeah. Old Josh is like, who the freak would pay that amount? But now, now me, now I'm like, for a one off thing, right? Like, on a yeah. rare occasion. For, yeah. yeah, for the experience of it, right? Like if it was like all, I'm like, I understand why someone would pay $300 for a haircut. I think I a lot. Good. Oh, no. Okay. So I think a lot of it had to do with my ability to hold these conversations with these higher level people too. Like it wasn't just empty conversation for 45 minutes. It was like, so like, that's how I met my first mentor was he sat in my chair and he just, he saw potential in me and he's like, he's older and he's like, it's really rare for me to meet someone young like you who has as much potential and drive as you yep. do. Yep. So I get as much as you do by sitting here and having this conversation. Cause I don't get to have this conversation with very many people. Yeah. That's super so I was, yeah, it was cool to being able to provide value to someone who just wanted to serve me. And I think everyone should take notes on that because I, I truly like, first off, I, I believe that there's a lot of negative perception, perception of wealthy people, right? And having come from a place of nothing, like I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere without any money, like no money, right? And like, it's so funny, like people like that I grew up around, they're like, well, you know, we're we're broke, like we don't have any money, but like, you know, we're doing all, I'm like, no, no. comparatively to actual money in the world, like broke on broke on broke, right? Like, yeah. and so coming from that world and then now like hanging out with, you know, billionaires, people like Russell Brunson, right? You know, ClickFunnels was a billion dollar valuation at one point, right? Um, and like, there are jerks at the high level, but there are just as many jerks at the broke level, right? Like yeah. there's, it's not a money thing, right? And so when you think about successful people and you think about people that are just good hearted people, I, I genuinely think that a lot of people that have wealth at least at one point or another in their life have struggled with or have battled the thoughts of either like guilt or like how to give back or like what they should do with it. 
like these are not all greedy people, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that that I have seen so many of these people, and even my, I feel myself, and I'm like nowhere near that level of wealth, not even close. But like I watch these people, and a lot of the ways that they give back is by being able to go and mentor the younger generation, right? And it's yeah. weird in the coaching space because then it gets all whatever. But like from outside of that, right? It's like they genuinely do. And so when you understand that by being someone that is eager, right? By going out there and like being like, I am just driven and I want to learn, I want to do. These people are looking for people like that. They love people like that. And I genuinely believe so many of the doors that I have opened that people are like, how'd you open those doors, right? Two reasons. Number one, I love this quote um, uh, by, gosh, I can't Harry some, I can't even think of his last name, but it says, um, you will notice that the people who influence you are the people that believed in you, right? Oh yeah, that's a good quote. You, you mentioned it the other day and I was like- Right? It was so, because it, it goes to say, if you want to have influence over someone else, believe in them. Like genuinely believe in them and yep. you will influence them, right? And so what's interesting is I think so many of the doors that I had opened up is number one, I was hungry. Like I wanted to learn. I wanted to do the work and I became someone that people could believe in and like actually like put a vote of confidence in to where if they, if they taught me something, I wasn't just going to ignore it. I was going to do something with it. Right. And -hmm. so like Brunson for sure. Right. Brad, like these people, like, they saw the hunger. And now I was, you know, I had talent and to a certain extent, there was things that I also provided them, but like the doors that were open was because of that. But then secondly is I also believed in them. Yep. Ironic, like, right? Like, so when I like listened to them, I was like, ooh, tell me more, right? And I was like, if you say you're smart at something, I have no reason to doubt you. Prove, like, let me learn. Like, let, like, and I would like believe that they, like what they were doing was like genuine. And like, a lot of people hate rich people. And so like rich people, successful people, like getting around those people, when they feel like people are genuinely interested, this is my experience, right? When they mm-hmm. feel like people are genuinely interested and in they will open up, right? And there's a lot of them in that world. And so like for me, dude, I love working with rich clients, right? That's my thing. I'm like, yeah. we do, it's very similar. We do a lot of the same stuff, right? Like you do it with barbers, right? And I do it with like business owners, Right. But like, we do a lot of the same things, which is like, if you want to get around rich people, don't like people are like, well, how should I price it? Or I'm like, it doesn't matter, right? Like take a genuine interest, know the numbers and like stuff that you have to make work, but like really take a genuine interest, really go out there, have these conversations, build these relationships or whatever. That's how you have massive amounts of influence over people. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. hundred percent. That's a really good point. And I think that, um, like you mentioned it with Brad about him like his initial response to you was like, I need to sit by this guy to write him off forever. But you were able to unintentionally like prove yourself, prove him wrong and like prove yourself by being that hungry young kid who is a rarity. Yeah. And I think like being that person is a, is like, you're one of the few. And as I get older and like the more barbers I work with, the more I appreciate that because I feel like I do that now. Yep. Like to where I'm like, I meet like, one in 50 barbers maybe to where I'm like, all right, this, this kid or this guy, like he can really crush it yeah. because he ha- he cares enough and he's ambitious enough and he has the drive and he, he doesn't have ego getting in his way. And he's like willing to take criticism. And I feel like those people are rare. Those people and are and rare. by the way, if you're listening right now and you're wondering if I'm that barber or if I'm even that person, if you know, you're not a barber listening, but if, especially if you're a barber and you're like, is that me? Is this what? I, oh, I guess I'm now the host. Um, Camera should be hopping right back on. But like, if you're that person listening right now, the answer is you are that person if you choose to be, right? Here he comes. We lost him for a second. I'll wait till he comes back on. And we are almost back. There he is. I don't know what happened there. My phone just started like glitching out. You're all good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry for the interruption. I was like, if you're if you're watching right now, you're a barber, you're or you're even not a barber, but especially if you're a barber, like, if you're wondering, like, is am I that person? Am I with the one in the fifty? The answer is like, if you are, if you choose to be, 
Like that's oh, literally yeah. the only difference. Like this is the greatest thing. Like you do not need special talent. You do not need special ability. You do not need to be bored for money. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made. Like I came from nothing, right? Now, yeah, me too. give my parents credit where their credit is due. My parents taught me how to work hard. My parents taught me morality. My parents taught me right and wrong. Like all, they taught me the important stuff, right? I'm not especially mm -hmm. talented. So like you get to choose to be that person. And I would take that one step further, dude, to say, you know, I'm a big, 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 big believer in coaching. I'm a big believer in coaching, right? And I've spent so much money on coaching. Um, and I used to buy coaching with the thought process and the intention of, I want to learn a specific process and like, I'm buying this to get this result and blah, blah, blah. And like, there are some programs that are structured like that, typically courses and like things like that. There, there are, yeah. right? But like, if you're going into a program like from a high level person and you're going into someone that has the knowledge and skills and you think that before entering that program, you know what you want to learn. Like, really? Like, that's kind of naive. And I did this, right? Yeah. Now, when I buy programs, I go, okay, I want to make sure that the program is promising the direction that I want to go and that the person that I'm getting around, like, you know, has the results or whatever, right? But what I'm there to do is to, uh, like, I'm there to learn from them and to watch what they are doing. And I've gotten so much more value out of coaching programs than people that take the same coaching program because they're looking for some hack or some system that they're going to just like implement quick and get a quick result. Where I'm looking like, how did you, how did this person show up teach? What, like, what are they even like not even showing that they're doing, right? And being like in that proximity of that. And when you come in with that mentality and you're not just looking for what you can get from it, but like literally like, okay, I'm here to like learn from you and like studies and you show up with that level, like not only do you get more, so much more out of it, but I promise you the person that's coaching likes you way more. Yeah. And they I will can, do more I can to help see that for sure. So do you think that like when you go into coaching, you're learning beyond like beyond the proximity of like what you're actually being taught? Like you're paying attention to the, how this person speaks, like everything that they do. 100%. So you're trying to pull the full value or maximum value out of being in the vicinity of this person 100%. versus just what they have provided in the course. hundred percent. And yeah. I even go so far as to say, like, for example, I, I joined a, a program recently with a coach who he's crazy controversial, bro. He's so controversial. Right. But guess what? I did not buy the program solely for what the program is going to teach me. I was like, I want to see, how this person is different or the same from what they portray, how they talk differently or the same, what they actually focus on. Because like, I get like, dude, I understand the online world is my world. I am, I do, I'm not bashing to any way, shape or form. This is part of the game. And I, I love this. There is a limited amount of what you can show online. Even if you try yeah. to be completely like, there, there's, there's only so much someone can garnish, right? But if yep. you're on conversations with people, you're in Zoom meetings with them, you're in person with them or like whatever, right? And someone is actually successful in crushing it, right? Oftentimes they don't even know why they're successful in crushing it. They know the path, they know like the vehicle that they used, but they, oftentimes they don't even see the, the, the big picture of what was actually working or what's not, right? And so mm -hmm. like I go in to learn, to get like get around them, right? And to be like, I want proximity. And when what's interesting is like, so for example, I coach with Sam Ovens, right? And Sam Ovens is one of the like most one of the most successful people in the online course space to do it, right? And you know, he sold yeah. his company consulting.com. Now he has school. Um, I'm actually an investor in that, right? But it's interesting because Sam is like so structured, so ridiculous. Like that course covers every single detail. If you just follow the steps, you will be successful, right? Yeah. But then I I went through his course. It was the best course I've ever been through. By far the best course I've ever been through. The most detailed thought through, like get results course or whatever. I joined his mastermind because I wanted to get around Sam. Yep. And I went out there and it's way less structured, right? It's much more just like kind of like a free for all thing. And you'd watch Sam talk or teach or whatever. And you'd realize just from an outside perspective that he didn't like, like he didn't even realize right away what was making him successful in certain areas that he had not thought through and put in the course. Cause people would ask him stuff like outside the course. Right. And I was like, Oh dang, he doesn't even like not that I not that I knew, right? But he would say that and he'd be like, um, I think I kind of did like this, this, this. And I'm like, oh wait, no, you definitely did more than that, right? And so you'd watch him like kind of like go through and like kind of think about it or whatever, or he would give advice to somebody, be like, try that. 
And they come back and be like this, 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 and it would adjust. And I'm like, oh, so like they don't even realize everything that they're doing, right? But but now I will have experiences now where I'm like, what would I do in this situation? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what Sam was doing here. And he didn't know to teach that, but because of the proximity, right? Because of being around and because of like being in that, you're like, oh, okay, I got it. Make sense? Yeah, and so 100%, 100%. that's why I'm so careful. Like, that's why I'm like, Yo, if you want to make more money, you can watch all the YouTube videos you want. That's great. You will not make as much money as if you just get around someone that's making a lot of money as a barber. Like if you want, if you are a barber and you yeah. want to make more money, go be, get around Cameron, right? Like if yeah. I want to make more money on internet marketing, I, I go get around Russell Brunson, right? I go get around these people that are making more money, right? Um, does that make sense? Yeah. And do you think, absolutely. To me, it makes total sense. And do you think that like a big part of that is by being in the proximity of these people, it helps create that belief shift within you to like, oh, I can do this now. Like Cameron grew up poor, zero entrepreneurial input throughout his whole life, but he, he made it. And yeah. like, cause I feel like that's one of the things that attracted me to you is you helped shift that belief that I had about myself to like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yep. Yeah. Dude, a hundred percent. And with that too, I think that, um, so being a coach and someone that has coached a fair amount of people, what's shocking to me, dude, it is the most, probably the most fascinating thing about being a coach is that, well, quick story time. When Russell would tell me about, I interviewed Russell one time and he was like, um, I asked him what the secret to growing ClickFunnels was and his coaching programs and all that. He's like, dude, people think that I get up on all these stages and do all these webinars and I'm on stage, like all this, trying to sell them ClickFunnels. He's like, I've never tried to sell ClickFunnels. I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, I've literally watched you pitch so many times. What do you mean? He's like, dude, the number one thing that I do is I just try to create belief. That is it. Mm -hmm. He's like, because if I can get them to believe my vehicle, they will buy whatever I put in front of them. And he's like, yeah. the same thing is true with coaching. He's like, your job is not to go and give them some revolutionary information inside of your coaching program. He's like, there's nothing you can show them that they can't go find on YouTube. There's not, right? Yeah, nah. But so Not for really, me, like what's yeah. shocking to me, dude, is that like 80% of my job as a coach is not to teach new information. 80%, maybe even more, is to literally just make someone believe that they actually can do it, right? Yeah. And this is why being around people that just normalize, I, I shared this uh, uh, in our, one of our groups that you were in, right? But mm -hmm. like, I just paid a coach of mine uh, a lot of money, a lot of money, right? Um, and to help me like do some marketing stuff. And like, I told him how much money that I wanted to make take home in a year. And he like laughed. He was like, what? Like that's pennies, bro. Right? And guys, we're I talking like this. To you, it was not a small sum. It was not. And now we're talking like lots of money. We're not talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're more, right? Okay. Yeah. He's like, bro, that's pennies. That's like the, like, that's like, like entry level for this game. Right. And when you're around, like he wasn't trying to like impress me. He wasn't trying to like, you know, he was just like, what are you like? Get on, get on our level, bro. Like, I have a question for you about that. So when you, and this was via text, you guys were texting. Yeah. We were going back and forth. Yeah. So when you first received that text and you read that, did it create a belief shift in you to where like, all right, maybe I'm shooting too low and like I can actually go way harder and go way higher. Or so, or how did you feel when you got that text? Well, I mean, keep in mind, I've been working on myself and my response to, you know, hard things for a long time. So I think it might yeah. be different than maybe if it's your first time, you might be like, oh my gosh, that's impossible. Right. I've definitely been yeah. there. But yeah. for me, my immediate thought was, and I actually, I messaged him this back. My immediate thought was, yep, I hired the right coach. Right. Yeah, because, and then, and that's what I, and that's what I messaged him back. I literally was like, I, that's why, this is why I paid you. Right. Because yep. I was like, okay, I don't know how I should be thinking and operating. So when you go and you're like, I want to make millions of dollars a year, but no one around you does that. You don't even know if that's like realistic or not. Right. Yeah. So then I you get see. around people that they're like, that's literally peanuts right? Like you go, to, you go to your mom, you go to your dad, you go to your best friends, you go to people around you and you were to tell them, like, think about this. If you were to tell them, I want to double my income this year. Most people look at you and be like, you're crazy, dude. What the heck? 
right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 95% of people. Right? Happening. Now imagine you were to go to somebody like this coach or whatever of mine, and you were to go, I want to double my income this year. He's like, what? Double it. Like, what the frick, bro? Like, why? Like, why not go 10 times? Like, you're not making it. Like, get up here. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, wait a second. Like, that's a thing? There's a world where that exists. And by the way, I just said this on an earlier podcast too. I believe one of the biggest lies that has been fed to us and has been that we've been forced to adopt and believe unintentionally, by the way, by good-hearted people, is that the way that we know the world to work is the way the world works. It's not. It's a way the world works, but it's not the mm -hmm. way the world works, right? And if you understand that that's a way the world works, then by definition, you can just go, well, what if I just found a, a different way the world works, right? And so think about this, for example. If growing up, if you made six figures, you were killing it, right? If you yeah. made a million dollars in your lifetime, if you became a millionaire in your lifetime, that was success. Then yeah, that was success. I meet, right? Crazy. Yeah. Then I meet people where he's like, I make a million dollars this year. And I'm like, whoa, that's a different reality. A different reality. And people will be like, well, yeah, Josh, not everybody can do this. Okay, but guess what? Then I met Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson made $3.2 million in 90 minutes, 90 minutes, right? And you're like, okay, whoa, that's another reality. And then you go, okay, it can't get much better than that. And then you go, okay, Elon Musk. Elon Musk made in 2021, $140 billion for context. The richest man in the world. Hold on. The richest man in the world yeah. was Bill Gates, okay? That is Bill Gates' entire net worth for his entire life in one year. And you go, oh, that's a different world, right? And so you go, okay, the longer that I choose to live in a reality that says this is how things are, the longer I'm going to stay there. But if I go to say, I'm going to go get around people that look at me and go, you are, so, I'm just going to use the money example because it's like, that's my game, right? Look at yeah. me and go, you are so broke. Get on our level. You have nothing more to do but to level up, right? Part of the reason I moved in my neighborhood now, like all my neighbors around me, like we just moved into a super awesome, super big house, right? It's awesome. It's like a million dollar house and all that, right? All my neighbors around me, like we, I'm the poor person on the block, bro. I'm like, okay, every, every morning I walk out and I look at all their toys. They got new toys every, every week. I feel like they got, I'm like, okay, okay. Level up, level up, level up, right? So going full the way back to the coaching thing, it's like the job as a coach is to create belief. And it's interesting because I don't even know if most coaches know that, right? I just happen to be in the coaching space for a long time and I've been around a lot of successful coaches, right? The job of the yeah. coach is to create belief, not just to teach framework. Framework is just bring structure to belief, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I look for people that have what I want. They have it without thinking about it, right? And then they, I go, okay, how do I get around that person? What are they offering? What did they think that I need in order to get to that level? And like, I, I mean, I pay attention to the program. I do, like I do the steps, but I'm like, I show up to get around them. Make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so like for mm -hmm. me as a coach, I want people around me. Like I want, like with people get in proximity to me, I want people to understand how influence works, even at like, like whatever level they're at. Like you literally have so much more influence, so much more influence than you realize. Right. So I want people to know influence. I want people to know persuasion. I want people to understand that like literally how they present themselves and the words that they say and how they show up and like what they show off and like all the things can persuade and influence, not just like the people in direct input. I'm talking like at the hundred million dollar level, even if you're not, even if you're just right where you're at now. Right. And so like, yes, I have a program that teaches people, but I'm like, what you're really buying into is like, I, I want to show off to people is I'm like, Yo, if you understand these games, all the rest of it becomes so easy. Make sense? Yeah. 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 And so do you feel like there was one, like, so at one point in time, this was a breakthrough for you. So was this when, before you hired your first coach or was this your first coach and being within that proximity of the first coach you hired? Was that? Oh, no. No? Okay. No, not the first coach I hired. Um, the first coach I hired was awful. Oh, wait. Okay. Second coach. Cause I think I remember the story about the first coach was the guy who told you just stay on the phone until they said, yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> okay. bro. He I hired a sales coach. Guy. He's like, literally just stay on the phone until they say yes. And I would sit on sales calls for like four hours. 
And the oh, client was like, I got to go. And I'm like, uh, but you got to buy. You haven't bought yet. And then I would like be all mad. And then I wasted four hours of their time. And it, it was bad, dude. It was really bad. Yeah. And your own time, which is even more valuable to you. So than bad. Yours. Yeah. But. No, I think the first, I think the first one that I think really experienced that actually, I think the first time was, is I'd hired, I had hired a couple of good coaches. And then I hired a coach where it, it was really bad. And then I realized mm. that I'm like, oh, 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 those coaches were actually good at what they were doing. I didn't even realize why they were good, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's why this was good. Because like one of the coaches I hired, his content was actually pretty good. Like he was just like, he promised, like showed up weird. And it was just like, all. and I'm like, what even, I don't even understand, right? And I'm like, why didn't I get nothing out of that? And I'm like, oh, I got nothing out of that because he didn't give me anything to follow him. Like he wasn't taking his own advice. And he like, it was just like, there was a disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because that was a, bit, a pretty big major breakthrough for me. And it really changed a lot of things for me because not when you don't understand the importance of being in proximity of people who are much more successful then you, then you don't really understand what you're losing. You know, like you're missing out on a lot. And once I made that breakthrough and I was like, wow, I have had some serious players in my chair and I didn't take advantage of it. I didn't recognize the proximity or like, I didn't recognize that I was in the presence of someone who could really change my life and yeah. didn't leverage it. Yep. And I think that, yeah, so I meet a lot of people now, especially in the barber industry who do that today. And they don't recognize like, it's hard to determine whether they don't recognize it or they don't care. Mm, so that's I think I don't I, I think that it some people they they think they recognize it, but they don't actually recognize what it actually is. If you were to be like, hey, do you realize this? They'd be like, Yeah, totally, but they don't they don't get it. Right. They don't yeah. actually believe right, right? Because like not caring would not caring infers that like you know what something is and you're intentionally in choosing to discard it, I feel like, right? Whereas yeah. it's like not, not recognizing it is like, you might think, you know, something, but you don't actually recognize that. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. So you, so, yeah. You, like you, you don't know what you don't know. Kind of yeah. Thing. You don't. And when you, when you get around people and you see what they say is important, whether consciously or subconsciously. Right. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, that's what they're doing. Right. Like that's what they're not worried about. Or like, for example, I've heard, I've heard so many people that are like, like successful people that are like hire a chef and like, don't clean your own house or, or don't mow your own lawn or like whatever. I was like, I don't, why? It's just cost me money. Oh, well, you could save tasks on time or all that. Right. Yeah. And then I would get around people for long, like Sam ovens, right. For like long periods of time. And like something would come up and he's like, why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you doing it? I'm like, well, I cut my grass on Saturdays or I do this on Saturdays or I do that. And he's like, oh, well during that time I'm doing X. I'm like, oh, that's, so like That's there is why. a reason, for it. you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, like, yeah. like I pay, I, someone cuts my grass, I don't cut my grass, right? Like, and I have friends and like even my mom and like my family was like, you don't cut your own grass? Why would you spend the money on it? Like, I'm like, yeah, why would I cut my own grass? Like my time is way better spent than that. Even if it's just reading a book, are you yeah, kidding me? Your time is valuable. Like what? Like I charge thousands of dollars for stuff. My time per hour is insanely valuable. And by the way, if I am going to do this, my time is limited. I would rather spend, I would rather pay someone a hundred bucks to cut my grass and spend that hour with my wife. Yep. Way better use of my time. Right. Oh, and yeah. so, but, but underlying this, I feel like we could probably wrap it on this, this thought is this is why the money game is important because like I hear people all the time that are like, Josh, you don't need, like I can live a great life and not be rich or like, you know, riches aren't, don't make you a good person or a bad person, or money is not the only thing that matters or whatever. I'm like, you are 100% correct. You are. Here's the issue with your thing though, is that in order for you to be the best person, number one, you have to dedicate a lot of time to that. And number two, like you have to have the resources to actually go through and do this. And so if you don't get your money right, Guess what? You're spending all the time at work rather than working on your relationship. You're spending all the time at work rather than like working on your business or working on, you know, your personal development. You don't have, you don't have the ability to like my, my wife, we, we're going to have a kid. Right. And she's like, I want to go on a baby moon. The last big one. I'm like, Oh, that actually makes total sense. Right. So we're going to Mexico for five days. Right. Like 
that is going to, that, that five days of us, like just spending our last time together and, you know, and like, like um, investing in each other and just being alone and unplugged, like, that's a big deal. Well, guess what? If you don't have money sitting around, or if you don't have the ability to go and do that, guess what? You're not doing that. Instead, what you're going to do, you're going to be like, well, we'll make it work and we'll go out to Arby's or we'll go out to, we'll go, we'll explode. We'll go to Applebee's or, or Olive Garden. Right. And we'll have yeah. an afternoon or whatever. And that'll be the thing. I'm like, okay, well, guess what? I am going to hire a personal trainer. I am going to go out and, you know, pay someone else to mow my grass so I optimize my time on personal development. I'm going to go, why? Because I've got the money game right, right? I've got the yep. money game right. So money is not, has nothing to do with making money. It has everything to do with money allows you to go and not do, right? Yeah, not waste your time. Allocate time. Right. So like yeah. you, if you're a barber right now, or you, if you're a, a coach right now, or an entrepreneur right now, or whatever, and you're like, have lied to yourself as we all do, that more money won't make you happy or that, oh, I'm okay to just figure this out because I'm taking my time or blah, 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 whatever. Here's here's just a little piece of advice. Number one, okay, all my life, all of my life, I have felt trapped. I grew up without money. Every single decision we made my entire life was around lack of money, right? Whether we went to the grocery store, whether we went on a trip, but it was all like, what's money? What's money? What's money? All of it, right? So I thought, I was like, I want to be free. I want freedom. I want the ability to not make decisions on best what's for me based on money. I thought if I just went and got money, if I just went and got money, that would make me free. Guess what? Started a business, made a bunch of money, saw these people killing it. We made more money than me. They were just as trapped as I was when I was broke, right? Because they were a slave to their money. The goal is not money. My message to you is this. You can be free, actually free. You can be free in your finances and in your health and in your life and in your relationships, whatever. You can have the most amazing life ever, right? You can. Right. But that requires time and effort to be dedicated in that. And in order to buy your time back, you need money. So stop lying to yourself that you're okay with making your 40 grand, 60 grand, 100 grand, 300 grand, whatever it is a year that you're making and go, if you want to get to the next level of your life, of your relationships, of your personal development, of your health journey, that that is fueled by money. So go get your money right. Study influence, study persuasion, study what that takes. Learn how to charge more for your skills. Learn that because that will give you the life that you want to live. Right. Well, I cannot think of a better message to end this, this session on. So thank you, Josh, for coming on the show. This was awesome. Incredible yeah, conversation. Man. You're the man. Hey, good to have, or good to talk to you. Thanks, man. We'll catch you next time.